We're here to say that the Bible does speak to your life. It is worth looking into, and we're here to help you. You may have questions. We want to talk about that. In Ireland, I feel like we've had a lot of religion. Not everybody has that relationship with God, and I think that is the most important. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. Uh, As you can see, we're not in our normal recording studio. We're here in a living room. Yeah, it's a rainy, cold day outside. And so we said we'd come here in the living room beside the fire and we would film the podcast here this week so yeah so we're, we're actually going to sit here and have an, an, an armchair discussion yeah. <laughs> and uh, we have a really great topic to talk about today mm. and we've been wanting to talk about this for a while uh, we want to talk about a big question out there that i think is a lot on a lot of people's minds whenever they think about religion or christianity and it's this did Jesus claim to be God? Hmm. And that really is a fundamental question that we have to ask and that we have to answer because if Jesus wasn't God, then Christianity doesn't even get off the ground. Yeah. And so um, we want to answer the question today, did Jesus claim to be God? What does the Bible say about it? And it's interesting when you look back in history, there's never really been a serious argument in history that says that Jesus did not exist. So any credible historian that you would talk to today, whether Christian or non-Christian, does acknowledge there was a real man in history named Jesus. Uh, So that's never really been disputed in in a serious way. What is disputed and has always been disputed since the days of Jesus right up until today is, was Jesus a normal man? Was he just a great teacher, or was he actually God? Yeah. And then underlying that is, did he even claim to be God? Mm-hmm. So we're going to try to answer that here today. Oriel, what do you think? Did yeah. Jesus actually claim to be God? I, I think that's a very good question, both the question, is Jesus God, and did he even claim to be God? Um, and sometimes people will answer that by, people will sometimes say, Jesus never even claimed to be God. Why do people say that he was God? And I think as you look in the scriptures, Jesus may not have said, I am God, in a way that our Western minds would like to hear him say. Right. But he did, um, as we will look at, in his day and to his audience, the Jewish people that were uh, very familiar with the Old Testament scriptures, he claimed to be God in a way that was very, very clear to them. And they had a, pr- a particularly antagonistic reaction to that claim. So I think the answer is yes, Jesus did claim to be God, you know? Yeah, and that's a great point too. That's That really applies to all of Bible interpretation. We have to realize we're separated by 2,000 years, at least when, yes. you're, when you're looking at the New Testament. And... Um, to and we as you know westerners who value individuality and and all of these things um we're we're looking um into the gospels and trying and looking for mm. where where did Jesus actually say I am God yeah, yeah. and uh it's true you're not going to find it if you read the gospels I am God yeah yeah and that that's just such a simplistic way of looking at it 
that uh, really lacks of any understanding yeah. of the Bible. And mm-hmm. there's a lot more going on there than just Jesus running around yes. in the first century saying, I am God. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he did He did actually make those claims, as you said, Oriel, in Jewish yeah. terms. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so we have to remember that the Jews... Uh, knew the Old Testament inside and out. They yeah. lived this for mm-hmm. many, many centuries yeah. up till the time mm-hmm. of Jesus. And uh, any little allusion, um, any little reference yeah. uh, to the Messiah that Jesus applied to himself was to them a clear statement of his yes. deity. Yes. Mm. I think, too, a good example of that is how that Jesus... Um, when people would say, are you the son of God? Are you the Christ? Mm-hmm. He would never say no. And mm-hmm. we need to understand those terms in order for those to make sense. Again, to us as Westerners in you know 2020, we might say, how does him saying that he is the Christ, the son of God, mean that he is God? Well, mm-hmm. um, one good example is in Matthew chapter 16, um, Jesus asks the disciples, who who do you say that I am? He's just asked them, who are the people saying that I am? And they say, maybe you're a prophet, and maybe you're Elijah. They, they talk about different options. But then Jesus turns to them and he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He's very clear and emphatic. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing to me about that account in Matthew 16 is that Jesus never rebuts that. He doesn't say, no, 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 hold on, Peter. I am not the Christ, the son of of the living God. In fact, quite the opposite. He he affirms that. He Mm -hmm. compliments Peter for saying that. He said, you know, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. So, First point, Jesus admitted that he's the Christ, the son of the living God, okay? Yeah, and if if he were a normal man, and if he were a good man, and everybody thinks of Jesus as a good man, I mean, that's yeah. just kind of a given, the man, the historical man, Jesus was a good man, and if he yes. were a good man, and if he were not God, he should have stood up to Peter and just said, Peter, you're wrong, I am not exactly. the Christ. Yes. Um, uh, mm-hmm. But he, But you're right, he didn't. Yeah, and uh, any other man would have, but yeah. Jesus didn't need to because what Peter said about him actually was true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It might help us too to understand a little bit about what the Christ and the Son of the Living mm-hmm. God means, um, and we don't have time to go into depth. But just to touch on it, the Christ, the Greek word is Christos, and it means the Anointed One, basically. Um, that that Greek verb means to to rub or to um, anoint with oil. And it was used of kings in the Bible. Um, when a king was chosen to do that special job, he would be anointed with oil. And it was, you know, God selecting that person for that job. And the term, the Christ, the Jews very much understood that as this is the anointed one of God. This is the Messiah, the one that all those 360 plus prophecies and we'll talk about some of them we don't have time to talk about all 360 today but but we'll talk about some of them in a minute but they all spoke about this person the messiah who was 
clearly God, we will see, you know, Mm -hmm. but one that would come and would die for the sins, not only of his people, but for the whole world. And so when people ask Jesus, are you the Christ? And he said, yes, I am. Everybody understood that to mean he is the Messiah that all those Old Testament predictions refer to. And then when he when they when he says he's the son of God, he's not just saying he's a son of God, but that he is the singular exceptional son of God. Right. Um John 3:16 says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and we've referred to that verse before but that's a very specific term that jesus is the only begotten son of god he is god because he is the unique son of god so as far as i understand steve from the word of god when jesus said i'm the christ he's saying i'm the messiah and if you look at the prophecies the prophecy said that the messiah would be god when he says, I'm the son of God, he's saying, I am God. Right. Know? The only begotten son of God. Begotten meaning proceeding from the father, coming from the father. Yes. You're born of your mother. You're begotten of your father. And the fact that Jesus said of himself that he's begotten of the father. No one else is begotten of yeah. the father. We're from the Father in the sense that we're created by the Father. Jesus yeah. is from the Father in the sense that he is begotten of the Father, which means that he must be deity. Yeah. He must be God yeah. uh, because he is of the Father. Yeah. He's of the same essence, the same stuff as the Father. And we have to remember, too, that uh, that the, the Jews of Jesus' day weren't thinking of God as a trinity. Yeah. Now, here, yeah. 2,000 years later, we understand that God has revealed himself mm-hmm. in time as a trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So here comes Christ um, and Jesus claiming to be God um, in these very Jewish Old Testament messianic terms. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's no wonder that the Jews, by and large, rejected him. It was very offensive to them because all they'd known since the beginning of their existence was one God. If there's anything that characterizes Judaism, it's that it's a monotheistic religion. It's a one God religion. And here Mm -hmm. comes Jesus saying that he is God or that he is God the Son, and this is new to them and it's offensive to them. Yeah, yeah. And I think, too, they did right initially to be slow to accept that Jesus was the Messiah and that he was God because there were imposters before him that claimed to be the Messiah. Right. There have been others since, you know, rabbis and different individuals who have said, I am the Messiah that the Old Testament prophecies refer to. And but they were fakers. It was it wasn't true. Right. But Jesus presented such clear pr- proof through his miracles, through what mm-hmm. he said, through how he showed that his life had fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies. Overwhelming. Overwhelming. Compelling yeah. evidence. Yeah, that Jesus was who he said he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just, as you were talking there, I was looking up Daniel chapter 7, and this yeah. came to mind that uh, Jesus did call himself the Son of God, but one of his favorite terms for himself was Son of Man. And, yeah. you know, we think of Jesus as the God-Man, so it's very fitting that Jesus is Son of God and Son of Man. Mm. And we might think that Son of God refers to his deity side, 
yeah. part of him that's God, and son of man refers to his human side. One, well, in fact, son of man also has overtures, mm. um, connotations of deity, that if you go back and look in the Old Testament, even son of man refers to uh, Jesus' deity. So the prophet Daniel here is looking out at the at the very end of time, and he says this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. And so here's a prophecy all the way back in Daniel's day, long before Jesus ever arrived on the scene, saying at the end of time there would come one like the Son of Man who would basically have the attributes of deity, and men would come and worship him. Mm -hmm. And then here comes Jesus now referring himself frequently as as the Son of Man, using the title Son of Man to refer to himself. There was a lot of meaning built into even that term right there, especially to pers- people that were versed in Daniel. They, un- they you know, they read Daniel, they studied it, they understood it. Yes, know? yeah, and, and, and Ezekiel too. And maybe I should point out too, right here, he says, uh, when this figure comes at the end of time, he will. He came with the clouds of heaven. Mm. And if you're very familiar with Jesus' trial before his crucifixion, you might remember that here is Jesus standing before the high priest. The high priest is questioning him, and Jesus just tells him, he says, after this, you're going to see the Son of Man, speaking of himself, coming on the clouds of heaven. Okay, now that right there is Jesus uh, saying that he himself will fulfill this this prophecy all the way back in Daniel. And when the priest who knows about this prophecy, he hears this. He hears Jesus says, I will be coming on clouds. The prophet rips his clothes. And that was a sign of great internal distress. And he cries out, blasphemy. Yeah. He cries out and and says, Jesus is guilty of blasphemy. He says, what more need have we than this to to have this man put to death because he was guilty of blasphemy. Yeah. Did yeah. Jesus claim to be God? The high priest of Jesus's day certainly thought he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting to me as well <laughs> on that point that when when Jesus is being interrogated um he they the high priest asks him in uh, Matthew chapter 26 um I put you under oath. I adjure you or I put you under oath by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Mm-hmm. And Jesus responds by saying, it is as you have said. And then he talks about, you know, he's yeah. going to come in, in power. But what the high priest is outraged and he says, yeah. blasphemy. I know you've already mentioned some of this. But for those that would say Jesus never claimed to be God, the very charge that he was put to death on was that he claimed to be God. Right, yeah. <laughs> And he claimed to be the Messiah. It just know? flies in the face of history. Exactly, And yeah. the historical documents that we have in the Gospels. Yeah. Um, no, he didn't claim to be God according to a Western mindset that's not familiar with the Gospels. But yes. place yourself right back there in Jesus' day, and particularly there at the trial, 
And yes, Jesus claimed many times yes. uh, to be God so much that they could legitimately, well, in their minds, it was legitimately yeah. put him to death for blasphemy. It wasn't actually blasphemy if Je- what Jesus was saying about himself was true. Yes. If he actually was yeah. God, it was not blasphemy. But yeah. of course, they didn't accept that his claims to deity, and so they mm-hmm. actually did kill him. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's other poss- there's <clears throat> We were talking about this before we began filming. There's so many passages um, where Jesus, in one way or another, either infers or pretty clearly to a Jewish mindset, claims that he is God. Yeah. That we, we couldn't discuss them in our short segment yeah. here, you know. Maybe it's worth man. bringing up, if you look in John chapter 11, there's this yeah. great story where uh, Jesus goes and raises up Lazarus from the dead. Yeah. And here, before... Lazarus is raised from the dead. Lazarus' sister, Mary, is really worried. She's a friend of Jesus. She yeah. comes to Jesus, and she's lamenting, Jesus, if you'd been here, maybe he'd still be alive. And yeah. she's crying. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus says, Mary, um, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Mm-hmm. Whosoever believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Yeah. Yes. And uh, what kind of a person says that about themselves? I am the resurrection and and the life. In other words, I conquered death. Yeah. It was Jesus said that about himself to Mary. And then if that weren't enough, he went and demonstrated that by calling Lazarus out of the grave, who'd been dead for three days. Yeah. Here comes Lazarus coming out of the grave. And that was just really a foreshadowing of Jesus's own resurrection. It turns out that Jesus did rise up from the tomb after three days, proved that he was yes. the resurrection and the life. And that's what he yes. offers to us mm. because he actually is that. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, again, there's another um, intimation <clears throat> that he is God, you know. Yeah. One of my favorite ones um, is in John chapter 8, where in some senses I think this is one of the clearest claims to deity that Jesus made. And yeah. I, to cut a long story short, in John chapter 8, he's debating with the Jewish leaders, with the Pharisees, and um, he says to them, basically, my father Abraham rejoiced, your father Abraham, he rejoiced to see my day, and you are rejecting me, you know. And um, they said, you know, you're only 30 years old. How can you have known Abraham, you know? Right. Um, and he said these words, before Abraham was, I am. And if you go back to Exodus um, Exodus chapter um, 6 and ex- also Exodus chapter 2, um, Jesus spoke, not Jesus, um, in Exodus chapter 3, sorry, um, God refers to himself as I am. Moses says, who will I say that you are yeah. when I go to speak to the children of Israel who at that time were slaves in Egypt? And God says, tell them that I am sent you. I am that I am. Yeah. Okay. And again, to our Western minds, Jesus says, I am, or like big deal. Right. But to those Jews, they knew that Jesus was taking the very personal name of God. Right. And it's interesting that that name, I am, or Yahweh, or Jehovah, um, as it, as we, we would say it, um, that name... Um, God says in in Exodus chapter 6 that he said, I have not revealed myself um, as the I am 
until now. But now, as I'm revealing myself to Israel, my chosen people, I'm revealing myself as the I am. So not only was that a name of God, but it was a very precious name of God to mm-hmm. the Jews. It was God's personal name to them, you know, that right. he had. So when Jesus said, I am, that was as good as Jesus saying, I am God. Yeah. And of course, the passage goes on to say that they literally took up stones that minute to stone him to death, to kill him. You right. Know? Yeah, yeah, now that's that's a question that we all have to answer. If Jesus really didn't claim to be God, why did they try to stone him yes. for mm-hmm. that very thing? Yeah. And uh, people who were familiar with the Old Testament, they look back in the Old Testament, here is their God saying he's the I Am. And that's yeah. really... Uh, a reference to his eternality. He's always been yeah. the, the present I am. No matter where you go in history, before history, yeah. after history, he is the present I am. Kind yeah. of blows the mind to think about yeah. that. And yeah. here comes Jesus, this uh, looks like a normal man, yeah. and he applies yeah. this term of deity to himself. He He claims himself to be the eternal I am. Yes. That, that was a powerful statement mm-hmm. there by Jesus. Yeah, yeah. No wonder they wanted to pick up rocks and do them in right there. Yeah. It was such a uh, bold, daring, blasphemous yes. thing to say in their eyes. And their reaction there in John chapter 8, mm-hmm. and then ultimately their rejection of him at Jesus' trial at the end of his life, both show that the Jews very clearly understood him to be claiming to be God. You know? Yeah, yeah and they so, sure did. Mm-hmm. And I just want to read a quote to you. C.S. Lewis was an Oxford professor, and um, he was not a Christian at the beginning of his academic career, very intelligent man, but did come to be a Christian. He depended on Jesus and was forgiven, and he had that personal relationship with God. And he said this about Jesus in a book called Mere Christianity. He said, I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he is a poached egg Mm-hmm. Or else he would be the devil of hell. <laughs> right. Uh, you must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. Right. I think that just states it so yeah. clearly, you know? Yeah, that's a wonderful statement there. Mm. Yeah, if, um, if Jesus weren't God, it just undermines so many statements that yeah. he made. It, mm-hmm. it undermines all of his moral good teachings. All of a sudden, they're yes. not moral good teachings yeah. anymore. Yeah. Unless what he says about himself is actually true. Yeah. So Jesus is kind of like a, a total package. You have to accept all yes. of who he is. Yes. It's not good enough to to take little bits and pieces of who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and we're we're kind of coming up to the end here. Let me yeah. uh, throw out. I, I think we wanted to hit a few 
what we would call messianic prophecies. And, yeah. and Oriel mentioned there were over 300. There are so yeah. many. We could yeah. spend hours uh, talking about all the references in the Old Testament to the Messiah, which were fulfilled in the one man, Jesus Christ. All of these things just pinpointed Jesus in history. No other man uh, could could possibly qualify as the Messiah yeah. uh, because uh, Jesus fulfilled these. But let's just talk about three briefly yeah. here. Yeah. Um, that relate to Christmas. These are three things that we all know. What do we know of Jesus from a Christian worldview? We know that he was born of a virgin. Yeah. We know yeah. that he was born in Bethlehem, and we know that the wise men brought him gifts. All right. Uh, are those just part of the story, or is there more to this? Did you know that those three things are prophesied over seven hundred years before Christ? So yeah. we have. Uh, Isaiah chapter 7, uh, which uh, gives the prophecy that a child would be born yes. and would be born of a virgin, and they would call his name uh, Emmanuel hmm. or uh, God with us. Which is a statement of his deity as well, right yeah, there. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. <laughs> right. And uh, the, yeah, the term Emmanuel, is, uh, which we find in the, in the Gospels applied to Jesus, is a statement of his deity. And then we go to Micah. Uh, chapter 5 and verse 2, and Micah was an Old Testament prophet, and he said this in verse 2, But thou, Bethlehem Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel. And so Bethlehem was just this tiny little podunk town, that inconsequential, that yeah. people didn't really look up to as being a great town. But out of this little town would come the one who would be the ruler of God's people, Israel, whose going forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Yeah. So in this Old Testament prophecy, this one who would fulfill this prophecy and be born in Bethlehem was from everlasting. Mm. And then you fast forward to Matthew chapter 2, look at the Gospels. Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 says that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And so quite a powerful fulfillment of prophecy right there. And then number three, that he would be brought gifts. And Psalm 72 is what we would call a royal psalm. Yeah. That's a psalm that, yeah. that talks about the king and not just any earthly king, but a future um, great king, a messianic king who would rule. And there it says um, that, uh, that the kings would bring him gifts. And then, of course, we find that also in Matthew chapter 2, the fulfillment where the wise men from the east come and bring him yeah. gifts. Mm -hmm. And so three common facts that we all know to be true about Christmas. Jesus was born of a virgin, born in Bethlehem, and brought gifts. Yeah. This was actually a powerful statement that Jesus was the chosen Christ, the Messiah that yeah. was to come, mm -hmm. God in the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. And taken with all that we talked about earlier about the fact that Jesus did indeed claim to be God mm -hmm. and you can't get away from that in the scriptures. Right. Um, it just makes me think of, you know, we talked earlier about the Jewish leaders and how really they had more than enough evidence yeah. to recognize that Jesus was both the Messiah and that he is God. Okay. And Really, you go to Acts chapter 2 and you hear Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost and he really holds them accountable um, that they killed the Son of God, the, the living God come in human flesh, which is Jesus Christ. Yeah. And Jesus 
what comes to my mind is that God could not hold them accountable for rejecting Jesus as the Messiah and as God if there was not a compelling case for the deity of Christ, even just in the New Testament and the Old Testament scriptures as well that they were aware of. And so um, it was a very serious thing that they chose their own religious system over Jesus, the Messiah that God in love had sent to his people, the Jews, Mm -hmm. and to the world at large, you know. And really for all of us, we're left with the question, what do we think of Christ? What are we going to do with him? He is a character that is huge in in history, as you Mm -hmm. mentioned at the beginning. Uh, No historians will uh, debate the fact that Jesus was a historical figure. Mm -hmm. But if he is God... And we realize that he can't be a great moral teacher if we don't concede that he's God. Well, what are we going to do with that? Uh, The reality is, if Jesus is God, he deserves our worship as the the wise men Mm -hmm. uh, gave. But more than that, he deserves to be made our Savior and the Lord of our life. If he's he's really God, it it changes everything. Yes, yes. Everything yes. changes mm-hmm. if Jesus is God. We have to take that seriously. Yes, yes. And our question for you uh, as our viewers, as you're watching today, is have you ever come to the point where you recognized that Jesus is God? And if so, have you ever believed on him to save you and to forgive you? That is something that's open to all of us. Even the name Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. Jehovah yeah. delivers, rescues, and that's what Jesus came to do. And if you are willing to accept what he came and did and being born in human flesh and then ultimately dying on the cross for our sins, you can be forgiven and know him not just as a historical figure, but as your God, <laughs> as your yeah. savior, and one who can change your life. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us today. Have a great Christmas. Thank you.